I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine November day? Doing excellent. Good to hear. Can you believe we're in November already? Scary, isn't it? It is scary. So was Halloween. So many scary costumes out there. Now, we had a good Halloween. We did our first family dress up where we had the same theme. We've never done that before. You guys looked incredible. Ah, thank you. So did I. I dressed up as an old guy. Didn't take much, though. Didn't take much makeup. Yeah, you just had to dye your hair, look grumpy, put on some glasses. Oh, pretty much the way I look right now. (laughs) You look good. For 160 years old? Uh, Not bad for 160 years old. Is it all that coffee you drink that keeps you so young? Possibly. Possibly, huh? So we are just a few more days out, and then political season will be over for another year and a half, year? Year, because the president, they'll run for a whole year for president. You mean no more ads, no more texts, no more phone calls? Calls, oh, it is irritating. I mean, it's irritating in the sense that I like to follow what's going on, but I So I get political texts, and then someone in the political text will say, I'm so-and-so, and I want you to vote no or yes on such and such a thing. And on one of them, I wanted a little more information, like what's going on, because they've seen the ads for why you want me to vote no, but the information is very scarce. It says it will affect me, and dialysis clinics will be closed. Please vote no. So I responded back. Can you please give me more information? Why will they close because of this? And silence. I haven't received any response back. That's because it's a robo-text. It's not, it's my feeling, it's not a real person. They never are. It's all robo-calls. I ended up getting several over the last week, and I go to answer them, and it's a computer. Yeah, that's too bad. I wish it would. Yeah. You want me to vote no? You want me to vote yes? Please engage me and tell me why. And I actually do wish that they would disclose everything about the bill, everything about the proposition. That way you can actually make a legitimate, informed decision as to how you're going to vote and how the rest of the American people or Californians are going to vote on said proposition. Yeah, I would like to have a little more information, that's for sure. And for instance, the one on the dialysis clinic, I'm trying to figure out why this proposition would close them. And so that's why I attempted to engage in conversation, but I will just have to dig in and find out more. Yes. Which on the surface appears to be because they're going to require doctors and nurse practitioners or physician's assistants to be on site and it appears that most dialysis clinics don't require that so gotta figure out if that is like the ultimate hang-up or if there's just like with any bill there's actually more to it than 
that little surface scratch. Well, the question I have is how long have dialysis clinics been around? Years. Years, years, and years and years and years. So why all of a sudden do we need what they're proposing we have? The need for oversight or yes. more people or whatever it is. Do we have people dying at dialysis clinics? Right. It's a part of the medical community, and you would think that within the medical community, they have their own set of requirements. Which means they could self-regulate pretty yes. much. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. So... One of my guys, Mr. Elon Musk. Elon Musk takes over the world. Now owns Twitter. Okay, Elon Musk takes over Twitterverse. Yes, he owns the Twitterverse. And he's firing every leader within Twitterverse. It is now a privately held company, and he is the only board member. The only one? He is it. Gets to make all of the hiring, firing decisions. Well, apparently he needs to, at least until himself and his programmers dive into all the secretive stuff they've been doing within Twitter and hash out all the bots and all the fake stuff. And let's get back to doing, I think, what potentially Twitter started out being was a forum so you could voice your opinion as long as it, it doesn't have to necessarily be right. Not everybody's right. Or left. Or threatening in any way. But at least everybody gets to have an opinion or gets to speak their piece for however many characters you're allowed to leave a little, I don't do Twitter, so a thing. Tweet. A little tweet. It's a little tweet. A little birdie tweet. So something that came up within the last week was that over a short period of time, they saw a number of accounts... Account, uh, a number of accounts being 300 accounts tweeting more than 50,000 tweets in which they used a particular slur and nearly all of the accounts were labeled as inauthentic and Twitter was working to address the, the problems and concerns. It would appear that it was an attempt to make Twitter look like, or Elon Musk look like he was allowing all kinds of hate, not just free speech, but hate messages, which in, would have been what this slur represents, would be hate messages. So Elon Musk actually came out to say, to be super clear, we have not yet made any changes to Twitter's content moderation policies, which would mean that what was there would have happened whether he owned it or not. Doesn't it make you wonder why people are so heck bent on making somebody look bad because they want something that was actually part of one party over the other at one time in history where they were for the people, they were for free speech, they were for equality, and now something has happened along the way and they are now for absolutely the opposite. Tyranny take over their BFFs with communist China and they like the way they rule there in China, which is you just do what you want, take down the other party, silence the opposition, and only the things that you are that you are saying are the correct things to say. It's interesting you say that. It's not China, but with Iran, you know, they have had an uprising there over the last few months, which uh, maybe behind the scenes were helping, but on the national stage, we're not saying anything about it or not much. 
and the leader of the uh, Republican Guard made a statement the last day or so that the protests are over. And when he says they're over, I mean they're over. And apparently no one today or yesterday went out on the street and protested after he made that statement. I believe they are killing everyone who does come out or attempting to kill who they can, probably secretly spiriting away those that they can't get off the bat. But we've been supporting all women overseas in Iran. We have our our U.S. politicians talking about supporting women in Iran, but we can't even define what a woman is here in the United States. Interesting, isn't that how we work here? It is very interesting. Very interesting how our our political system works. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. Up is down. Left is right. That whole thing. And one example that I think is a little interesting is Governor Hochul in New York is running to be elected as the governor. And she came out and started calling herself the underdog, even though she started off in favor of winning or she was favored to win. And now because she hasn't polled as well, still polling ahead, but hasn't polled as well, she's considering herself the underdog. And typically an underdog is somebody who's not favored to win from the out. Well, it's interesting that the underdog has claimed that crime right now in New York is actually a GOP conspiracy, that it's not really happening. Right, because the videos of people getting beaten and shoved on tracks and in the subway system, the the one woman who was just beaten to a pulp and when somebody tried to intervene on her behalf, he was chased away. But that must not be really happening. Well, apparently their own statistics and their own departments there within New York claim to differ with what's actually going on there, like you just said, with the crime. Just uh, uh, how far is Chicago from New York? Illinois? How many states over? A few states over. You would have to drive through several to get there, but it is more doable than driving from Chicago to, say, San Francisco. Well, the citizens there would claim to differ with her as well because... um, this past weekend, they've had one of the bloodiest shootouts in the last year with over 35 people being shot in a four-hour period, several of them being young teenagers and youth, people in their houses doing their dishes, being shot in the kitchen, being shot in their cars. So they would claim to differ with her on crime. And interestingly enough, a Democratic... DA has come out adamantly against Illinois's new law that takes effect here pretty soon. It will allow no money bail for a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Violent, violent crime. They're classifying them as nonviolent. Yes, it's called the Safety Act. It's a no cash bail system. They're going to look at second degree murder, rape, crimes of that nature, arson, that... If they feel that they're not a flight risk, then they will let them out with no cash bail. Because that has worked so well over the last two years when we've been letting out violent criminals, calling them nonviolent, and they've never reoffended in any case. Well, reading part of that law today, it was kind of, or the proposed law that's going to be taking effect here pretty soon. 
interesting part of it, there's a little writer in there buried within it that judges cannot use the past history of criminals. Isn't that kind of the point that they have a past history, which is the likelihood that they will reoffend? Well, how can you put in one part of the law that if you commit second degree murder or rape or arson, that it'll be a zero cash bail if you're not a flight risk? But how can you find out if they're not a flight risk if, as a judge, you're not allowed to look back to see what they've done in the past that may cause them to be a flight risk? Because you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. That's why 101 out of 103 DAs, local assistant DAs within Illinois, are 100% against this new law. But all of the criminals are 100% for this new law. Well, absolutely. They probably lobbied for it. So speaking of crime, we had crime, uh, an unfortunate criminal action happen here in California. And in fact, it's with Nancy Pelosi's husband. So Paul Pelosi, on surface level scratch, is he was attacked in his home at 2 o'clock in the morning with an individual who was saying, where is Nancy, where is Nancy? Now, it's it, any political violence or any violence against anyone, regardless of politics, is unacceptable. We definitely do not support crime here at Dirt Sailor, the podcast. Absolutely do not. But looking into it, I, it was pointed out to me, That when something happens and a reporter comes to report on a particular situation, you know, they do their, they have their level of due diligence as a reporter. If someone says a crime occurred at XYZ location, they will go and start an investigative journalist will look into it, or I should say a journalist investigating will also look into it and maybe talk to the neighbors see who was involved, see if the people involved wish to talk about it, interview the police, see if there's any reports that they can get a hold of. They do a whole wide plethora and then go and report on it, whether it's in print or if they're submitting it for, you know, six o'clock live news, that sort of thing. But in the case of Paul Pelosi, As with some others, any of the journalists who started asking any sort of follow-up, normal follow-up question, they get shot down. And then, in some cases, they're actually attacked for not accepting whatever story was fed to them at 100% face value. And that is just anti-journalism. And so I was thinking about that. Like, anyone who dares to question the exact story about Paul Pelosi... So the police have come out and said that they don't have a motive right now, that they're still investigating, there's still more to gather. But we've been hearing the motive in the news media, which is, you know, evil MAGA Republicans chimed in this person's ears, turned him against Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi, and they just, that individual just went and tried to injure the Pelosi family and, and get to Nancy Pelosi. That's the only narrative we're allowed to to have and to think. And that is unfortunate. And there's been some interviews of his neighbors. He was living in a little yellow school bus. 
at his ex-wife's house. His stepdaughter, or one of his daughters, said that he... Is a molester. Continuously molested her and his other kids and beat them. His ex-wife is currently in jail. Or prison. Jail or prison, sorry, I didn't... For trying to kidnap a 14-year-old kid. Long history of mental health issues. He, because of being in jail and charged with multiple felonies in the past, being a an illegal alien, Canadian citizen, but because California is, what do they call this state? Sanctuary, Sanctuary state. state. This should not have happened at all. He should have been deported eons ago. Yes, he absolutely should have been. According to his neighbors, he's a drug addict. He gathers himself around people or people gather themselves around him that are drug users and abusers. The interesting thing about the break-in was, come to find out, he's more left-leaning, which it doesn't matter whether he's left or right-leaning. He's a loon and should have been out of this country long, long time ago. But Nancy Pelosi's own policies, her nephew's own policy here in California, has allowed him to stay. Right, and if you, so some journalists have looked into him, and that's how they've been able to gather more information. Something that I found, another interesting little tidbit that I found, when something like this happens, which is an attack in a high-profile manner, the social media organizations go to take down all of the social posts that they, they can as quickly as they can. So Facebook took down his profile. He had a WordPress blog and WordPress came out and said that he violated the terms of their service and, and they took his uh, blog off their their website. And this happens across the board when something goes on. High profile, they start taking down the social media accounts. But then you'll see a news organization who will say, For instance, the New York Times, we reviewed his Facebook profile, and this is what we found. And how is it that they get a hold of that, but we're not allowed as just general population to see the same things that they saw to see if their conclusions are accurate? That's how we would know in our own minds what the truth is, or we could come up with, like you said, our own conclusion and not have to rely on somebody else for that. Here's one thing. Let's analyze this, though. Okay, you're talking the Pelosi's. I'm not a fan of Nancy by any means. Me either, as I'm sure many of you have heard on this show. We are not fans of Nancy Pelosi. Okay, so in line for the presidency, where is she at? She is number three. Number three in line. If you want to look at it, she's really number two in line because there's somebody already there we have a president and the number one or the next person would be the vp and to me number two i understand she technically falls as number three based on our system but she is number three as of you know the the instant that she was sworn in again as speaker of the house she became third in line again because she's been speaker of the house two separate times Right, and don't you think, or do you not believe that, if not Secret Service protection for her husband, her spouse, there should be some sort of protection paid for by him because of the amount of wealth he has, 
the type of lifestyle he lives, knowing how volatile it is politically in the U.S. right now that something like this could happen at any time. I guarantee you, looking at the video of where they live in the Bay Area, they had to have an elaborate security system, and they also had to have cameras everywhere, but the police have not said anything about any cameras. The only witness account or eyewitness account is not from a neighbor. It's from a security guard who was working at a house a few doors down and said he saw someone walking with a large black bag went to the Pelosi house and then within a minute or two heard large banging and then within two minutes the police showed up. Well, that eyewitness account doesn't even match what the police are saying and what they've heard about the back window or the back glass of a door being broken out, which an FBI agent has already come forward under condition of anonymity and told a national newscaster that it doesn't make sense because there's glass on the outside glass on the inside right if they had broken the glass it should have gone should have gone into the house and then the way the police were called and the verbiage with which mr pelosi used and then they're not sure one of the two men they were in the living room actually answered the door and they were both holding the hammer or holding a hammer and the perp said there was nothing wrong, and then when the police asked him to them to drop the hammer, that's when he went wild and hit. And started attacking Paul Started Pelosi. attacking. Well, if that officer was right there at them, he should have been on that guy quick, which it appears he was, but a few seconds quicker. But I don't know too many wealthy people, but it's kind of interesting, too, that he would have to go up to his bathroom and the guy actually let him go to the bathroom. So he's basically a lousy kidnapper. And then he makes the call from the bathroom because his cell phone was charging in the bathroom. To, to then say my friend here. Yeah. Very, very interesting. The nine one one call. And I'm not saying there's a conspiracy here. The guy was a nut. Shouldn't have been in the house. Shouldn't have done what he has done. But things with the Pelosi's always are not as they appear. Yeah. I, they said that, some have said that he's not afforded protection because he's the spouse of and not the actual individual who would need protection. But I still would think that it would have a big impact kidnapping, holding the spouse of the number three, number two, if you look at it my way, hostage. But I'll just, for sake of clarity, I'll just keep saying number three. But number three in line, I just don't understand how there wasn't some sort of protection closer that it had to be a regular local police officer who was called through the 911 system that to me is weird but you know what maybe Paul Pelosi says I want to have my own you know life and I don't want anyone around when Nancy's not around or maybe Nancy just doesn't have anyone around I know they've said that she gets protection if she um, has threats against her life. And it seems like she's, over the years, there's a lot of other kooks out there who have threatened all kinds of people, whether president, old past presidents, vice presidents, different representatives at different times. I just, that one's weird to me. But again, it could have been their choice. 
Obviously it was. Yeah, to to not have protection. But something that I, I had heard going around was a third person answered the door. However, it was clarified through another news organization or a reporter who's actually going farther than just reading the narrative explicitly told by the police and calling, you know, whatever fact that they decide to throw in there is the only fact you want to know. But apparently the police just didn't specify who answered the door. Therefore, when it said unknown person answering the door, it was possibly Paul Pelosi, possibly his attacker that answered and there wasn't an actual third person. So that's also come out. It will be interesting once or if the whole story comes out. Yes, as long as the truth comes out. Because then maybe they can say, hey, look, we need protection. Yes, that they need protection. They need to protect Nancy and her husband for sure. I mean, they they definitely have targets just like many other individuals. And we need to be doing a better job as a society of protecting people. And maybe deporting them when they need to be deported? Yes, because clearly this individual has many problems. And if you have a drug and alcohol problem, you can't become a United States citizen. So he would have had to have become a citizen before he had said drug and alcohol problem. And... uh any other arrests that he had, any other convictions that he had should have made him eligible, but it would depend on California, depending on those charges and convictions, California would have had to refer to ICE or ICE would have had to somehow found this person. Well, they'd have gotten him out of there pretty quick if this would have happened at Martha's Vineyard. They would have given him a nice bus ticket to, or was it a plane to Rhode Island? Plane ticket to Rhode Island. So how many times have we talked about transgenders and sports? Quite a number. It's a very, very big topic. It's um. For me, it's a weird one because I still don't understand it. I don't understand what the big push is. I guess they're trying to make it, what's the proper word, normalcy? They're trying to bring it normalcy, and I don't know what what surgeries and what drugs we should be pushing healthy kids to have. You can say that they're mentally unhealthy, but there's a variety of ways you make people or help people to become mentally healthy. For instance, if you have a drug problem, San Francisco believes giving you clean needles is the solution. But we are maintaining a drug problem, which is also a mental health crisis. In the case of the transgender community, as far as children are concerned, we should not be pushing healthy kids into life-altering, forever body-altering situations. Well, and there was a, just recently in Vermont, there was a 14-year-old athlete and her coach that were both suspended because they felt very uncomfortable and didn't think it was right that a transgender was sharing a locker room with the girls. Right, because in this particular case, you have somebody who is anatomically male saying, I identify as a female, and then gets to go 
naked through a locker room with anatomical females who are also supposed to just get naked and change in front of said anatomical male. Correct, and I'd say about 99% of the females are very uncomfortable with that, as they should be. We shouldn't be pushing. When is it okay to push women and girls into accepting naked male bodies in in arguably their space in a women's locker room? Why is it okay to say, you just have to deal with the naked male body? Correct on that. And apparently after they came forward with their lawsuit is when the school board came back and said, oh, no, well, we've reversed our decision. You can go back to school. Why did you do this? And he said he did it because he felt very uncomfortable that they were pressuring him. into. he's the coach and the student was his daughter. Yes, an attention thing that he did not want to be part of. And, yes, I was going to go there, too, is that was actually his daughter. Which, like I said, I, I don't fully understand the thing. I don't know if if mentally they've decided they're a female. Therefore, even though they're still anatomically a male, they don't look at it that way. I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, an MD, uh, none of that. I don't get it. But I just don't understand the hardcore push to make it right. If the kid has a surgery that... Neither one of us agree with. Uh, that's For a one, child? Yes. You're an adult and you want to make adult decisions by altering your body. That is an adult decision you're making. That's why I've heard that from doctors. And I said that a couple episodes back when we were talking about it is let, let your little body grow a little bit. Turn 17 or 18 or 19. Then make, an, make a decision as an older teen or a young adult. Not as a 8, 10, 12, 14 year old. Yeah, so some of, so one thing before I, I switch to the direction I want to go is I started high school at 13. So you want to tell me that as a young 13-year-old girl, I should be required to see an 18-year-old male naked and be okay with it? No. That's just tossing it out there. But the other direction I would like to go is puberty blockers. So some of these individuals, these children are getting on puberty blockers so that way they don't become a male or female so they don't either grow boobs or, you know, grow from a young child into an adult of the gender that they are claiming that at this time that they do not wish to be. So they will get on puberty blockers so they won't go through puberty as the gender they don't wish to go through. So then they keep on these puberty blockers and when they then as an adult making sure that all of the puberty has been blocked and they never go through changes as far as, you know, because the puberty blockers work to the degree that they work. And then they decide to have surgery to become the opposite sex, the sex that they they have been wishing to identify as. The surgery is now dealing with someone who never went through puberty and attempting to turn them into an adult male or an adult female. So you're taking a child male or a child female and attempting to surgically make them into an adult female or adult male, you know, the opposite way. They don't have the physical anatomy to do that. And so they are basically creating stunted children 
who are now adults. Who are stunted adults. Wow. There is a lot to unpack with this entire topic. And I know it makes, it can make me feel uncomfortable. It, it feels uncomfortable, but it is a topic that we should think about as far as it's being brought into everyday space. Well, yes, it, you're right. It does. And like I continue to say, because it confuses me immensely because I don't totally understand it because we have coworkers. I do that um, fall into that category. And I just am curious as to at what point they made that decision, which I'll never ask because it's none of my business and how they're handling it now. And if young youth could learn a lesson from one that's already done that, you know, one that's satisfied, one that's having medical issues, one that's having psychological issues and has to be on meds because it turns out it wasn't what they want. I just think they need to look at the sum total of the parts and piece this thing together and not just go off of, oh, I have potential voters here, so we're going to go ahead and allow 0.0010 of the population drive 50% of the political narrative. Right, and the, the number of people, I don't know the actual percentage, and there are still people who are coming out and saying um, that they they entered their teen years as a, a young girl, and they truly believed that they were actually a boy trapped in a girl's body. They, they really did believe that, so they went through um, the hormone therapies, they went through testosterone, if that was the case, they... They did puberty blockers, a, a different variety of things that were all offered to different people. They got into adulthood, and they realized that their issue wasn't that they were transgender. And so then they started to detransition because they, they realized, that, again, that that just wasn't them. But when they went into start detransitioning, they were ostracized from their community, not every one of them. But they began to be ostracized. And even on social media platforms, people who started talking about detransitioning, they started getting blocked as anti-trans, even though they were a part of the community and realized, you know what, actually, I'm, you know, in some cases, young women thought that they were men or boys or whichever, you know, age wise. But it turns out they were a lesbian. And so they, they transitioned as a man, and then they realized, I'm not a man. I'm a woman who's also attracted to women. So then they detransitioned. They started getting blocked on social media for having, you know, the audacity to talk about it. You can only talk about it one way. Well, social media and YouTube with Americans, it's very brutal. It is. A couple of people I follow on YouTube that have kind of the same, oh, what's the proper term? They do the same things, only they're a touch different. I guess that's that's my simpleton way of saying it. They like to fish and hunt and spearfish and do things like that. Well, it appears because they haven't been together on videos the last three or four weeks that they have split up. And the one side has come out and said, made a statement that social media, YouTube is not real life. I'm going to have to agree with that. It's definitely not real life. And I've had to have that conversation, like even with my children, when we tried to find, you know, certain videos that they could watch, they believe it to be real. Right. Here's the thing. I would agree to disagree. 
However, when two consenting adults are showing their boyfriend-girlfriend relationship on videos for two or three years, saying that they're the best couple ever, yada, 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 and then they break up, and then one of them comes out and says, oh, well, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. and Well, they weren't you know, real. Th- I mean, they they were right trying and, to... And they were continuing to make videos and portray themselves as something they weren't to generate income when in reality they had probably not been together for a long, long time, which it doesn't matter to me either way. I still watch them both because I started watching them as independents and then being together. But what I was going to get at is you should read all of the Instagram posts and the text on Facebook and how brutal people are about the two of them. It's it's unreal. People are mean. They're very mean. And I wonder if they would say that to another person's face or if they are secure behind a keyboard. 99% of them are perfectly content hiding in their basement at their parents' house, talking smack through social media. If they met the people in real life, they would be scared to death to say anything. Wasn't it a famous boxer who said everybody can talk until you get punched in the mouth? Yes. So everybody can talk. Take one punch and then see if you still talk. Yep, till you till you get something broken. And I'm not advocating violence. Not at all. So Mr. Biden. Mr. 54 states. What about Mr. Joe Biden? Has sent a letter through proxy from one of his departments to the Arizona governor demanding that they remove the shipping containers from the open sections in the border immediately. So more people can go through there instead of El Paso and all of the other places that are having problems? So, here's my thought on that whole thing. What is the governor of Arizona's responsibility, and who is it to? To the people of the state. Yes. Of Arizona. Yes. He raises his right hand, swears an oath to the people of Arizona, that he will provide them with blah, 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 to the best of his ability. So if thousands of people are flooding up through the southern border, crime is at an all-time high, drugs are coming through, people are dying of overdoses, people are dying from just touching fentanyl and not even using it, and he comes up with a solution, a temporary solution, because no matter what letter him or his border patrol or his agents send to the president, It's going on deaf ears. But I do believe that the president's responsibility is to the American citizens. Yes. Which are Arizonans, New Mexicans, and that's what they call themselves, by the way, in New New Mexico. New Mexicans, Texans. Texans, and Californians at the southern border. But it's quite interesting how we bounce back and forth between leaderships where one says yes we're going to protect our citizens we're going to follow the laws with which congress passed and this current president and past presidents have signed but when they decide not to enforce it but the governor of the state does they throw a little tantrum yeah they do they absolutely throw a tantrum Uh, the audacity that someone protects their own borders And something that just came up, so in Tampa, Florida, there were two people who were arrested in connection with human trafficking, 
and the case actually began in Cuba. So it's southern border, but not southern border in that they, they come up a variety of ways, but they still make it to the United States. And there were women who were between who were between the ages of 18 and 24, they were forced into stripping and prostitution. And they were held against their will. So it started out that they were paying to be brought to the United States so that the human trafficking component was going to exist in the sense that they were paying a fee to get brought across the border. That was where they thought it would end. But instead... They got them to the U.S. and then were held captive and forced into prostitution and stripping. They're bringing someone across the border, if they want to think of it as a victimless crime, it is not a victimless crime. We have, as just stated, drugs that come up through the southern border, not a victimless crime. We have people who are then turned around and trafficked, not a victimless crime. We would like to think that everybody's just coming here to look for a better life and we should just let anyone and everyone across the world come. We are a country of 330 million approximately. There are over 7 billion people in the world. We would not be able to allow the influx of over 6 billion, almost 7 billion more people and then just be okay. We cannot have an open border and survive as a country or survive as a people. I just don't understand the open border argument. That's kind of a little side thing. But again, not a victimless crime. Somebody coming trafficked from Cuba. Now they're sex trafficking victims. They just thought that they were going to get a ride to the border by somebody who knew what they were doing. And that's things psychologically that they will never get over, even though they'll make their way through life. So the governor has told... The Biden administration, no thank you, we're going to keep the shipping containers there. So the government has decided they're going to sue the state of Arizona and the governor for trespassing on federal land. Wow, that's a way to handle your southern border, tell people to quit protecting it. Interestingly enough, yes. I just, it, it's really unreal sometimes. So you even have... I mean, where would the blame for that be? It's the Arizona governor's fault for attempting to protect his border. That's not how he would do it. He needs to get rid of it. And then you have uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, who's blaming our current economic crisis on Trump, that it was his fault that we're here. This is not anything to do with anything else. It's all Trump's fault. And so the uh, the, you know, potential looming recession that's going on how can we you know pick democrats to keep doing what they're doing is basically the question that came across during one of her um press conferences yeah during one of her press conferences and it and we just go back to the old it's all trump's fault and i know don't get me wrong trump did the same thing it's all obama's fault everybody's you know blame the previous president but we really have no responsibility in the Biden administration, in any of our political types, have we seen responsibility taken at different points? A non-leader does exactly what he's doing right now. He's not a leader. Never has been. Never will be. Okay. Let's. Ta- okay, actually, just 
it popped into my head when you said a non-leader and then a leader. We had somebody who was willing to stand out and not always put their press secretary out to take the questions. Trump actually took and fielded questions from the media. And now we have a president who runs and hides and makes snarky comments or, or just goes to get away or gets steered away, doesn't do any press conferences. He makes his speech driven off of a, a some sort of a pre-print, you know, pre-print. It's already written. They already know what he's going to say. Hopefully he sticks to the script. And then as soon as it's over, they usher everybody away and he runs off to his next ice cream shop and trip to Delaware. It's because he's not fit to serve and everybody there knows it. Uh, there was a speech Reagan gave, and I think it was at the end of a debate when they get their little five minutes to their closing speech statement. One thing he asked when he was running was, are you better off now or over the last four years than you are right at this point? And the answer for us is he, this group has been in two years and we're well worse off than we were two years ago. Absolutely. We are. We're in terrible condition. The world thinks we're a laughing stock. I mean, we've talked about, you just go on and on and on and on. Gas is at all time highs. Groceries are at all time highs. Now, it appears we're going to run out of fuel. Yeah, the diesel's going to run dry. Yep, we have limited time left in America here on diesel fuel, and then we're going to have to park all of our trucks. I'm not talking about my truck. I'm talking about the big trucks. Oh, you mean the ones that deliver our food and our products across the United States? Yes, and let's forego the products. I don't need Amazon delivering if we're out of... No, but occasionally you might need a, a pack of underwear and a sweatshirt. Right, our but gro- nothing crazy, right. nothing, no new, you know, fancy chandelier needs to be delivered. Oh, groceries are a little more important, but how did we get to this point in two years when we were totally self-sufficient on oil? And within a two-year period now, we're running out of oil, which we're not running out of oil. This is a man-made thing here. They well, want- we said no new leases and we're shutting down pipelines and we're shutting down the ability to drill and the ability to be self-sufficient. Then we're going around the world begging others to give us some. Um, begging, begging behind the scenes. And apparently when he asked Saudi Arabia to start putting out more production for us, that might have been illegal when he made that request. Oh, but we're not going to go after him. Why would we ever go after him for anything? He was on camera talking about how he withheld aid until they fired a prosecutor that was looking into his son i just don't see them going after him or hunter biden ever i don't know if those are considered criminal enterprises (laughs) side story though one of our representatives believes that they'll actually charge hunter biden because that would be the pathway to charge trump with more crimes yes because then they could look at the american people and say see we deal things out equally across the board not only are we going to prosecute biden we're going to prosecute trump we're going to prosecute him for trumped up charges so to speak well they've been going after him for every literally every breath he took so well it's amazing when he was a major donor to all of these politicians when he was just a businessman everybody loved him but because he exposed them for what most of them really are which are a bunch of frauds they are just left right and center you'll find them well, it's interesting that they only, we not only do that here in America where we keep recycling the same old garbage, 
I was looking at Brazil because Brazil just had a presidential election. And the winner has already served two terms back in the, I believe, early 80s, late 90s, somewhere in there, maybe even early 2000s. He's a far left-wing guy, and he wants to redo the, the EU's contracts that he has with them for selling and buying products. And it's like, okay, did this guy do a good job back then? Why would you try to put him in office again? Well, same thing with the leader of the Communist Party in China. They actually changed the law for him so he could run again or be appointed to another term. So corruption breeds corruption. They'll do it if they can. Yes, and one person I like, which is running again, who will probably win, is Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. Wasn't... he ousted at one point, or did he well, step down? What happened there? No, they all they all get or they vo- went after they him for corruption. Out. He or is something. still being charged with three charges. I, I don't recall exactly what they are, but when the opposition doesn't like you, that's how they do, like they're doing with Trump. They trump up stuff and then try to prosecute you for those said crimes. But if he wins, now he's going to be in his upper seventies as well, and he's a good was a good or a great prime minister. A lot of people in Israel love him because he's a populist. He's running for the people, and the other guy is more of a running for everybody else and himself and not the people. But here we go with just rehashing the same folks over and over and over. America, we have over 300 million, and look at the best we can tender up to run. Right, how is this the best that we can do? It isn't, but I... I would not want to be in the political scene and trying to run for president or, you know, well, running as vice president, you would get the same type of deal, even though you're you're semi-appointed, but you're elected. I would not want to deal with the trash that they have to deal with. Even if you're a really good guy, I think it takes a really bad guy to deal with some of what they do throw at each other well you got to take the money out of it you know we've talked about term limits over several of these podcasts and we got a term limit amount because i believe the two-year term for congressmen and women was actually the citizen legislator they were supposed to go back spend most of their time with their constituents working doing whatever it is their normal job was and then they would come in, right? And yes. then they would do and they it for would several months. Legislate for a few months, come up with what was best for their constituents, try to vote on it, get things put through, and then go back home and go back to work and do your thing with the people. And I believe Texas may be one of the states that still does the uh, state house that way, where they come in a couple times a year, two or three times a year, spend a little bit of time, come up with some laws. And it's then, like a part time. Yeah, go about their That's business. That's what it should be part time. There shouldn't, unless there's a national crisis. Okay, I can see calling the legislation. Let you know we got we got something to deal with, but not everything's a national crisis. And what they sell us on shouldn't even be federalized. In many cases, they're making a federal case out of it. Yeah, don't make a federal case out of it. You savvy? Yes. So I just don't. I don't agree with them being paid a hundred and whatever thousand dollars a year, depending on their committees and how you know, how many they have. I don't agree with that. And not everything needs to be federalized. They could do their job in a few months at a time. 
No, and I always throw that term out there that it's a national security risk. Therefore, we have to redact 99.9% of a page, and the only thing you get is the page number and the title of the page. And just to throw you off, sometimes they redact the page number. Yes, that way you don't know if it's beginning, middle, or end. Let me throw one little quick thing out there about this new law in Illinois. Okay. So one of the counties has 600 inmates in jail. When this new law takes place, 50% of them will be released immediately. Within 90 days, the other 50% will be released. And the DA there says, "Uh uh-uh, this is not going to happen on my watch. Wow. We wonder why crime happens. I can't imagine it has anything to do with releasing habitual offenders. What's that term? High recidivism rate? Yes, there is. We're not talking about the people who've done one thing wrong, one crime. We're talking about the people who repeatedly offend. Let's go military. Let's go military. So a subject we talked about uh, with our water contamination crisis that we seem to have in the military. So the Navy has found the source of the water contamination aboard its carrier USS Abraham Lincoln. Apparently, there was a problem with the bilges and the type of drainage system. It leaked into the drinking water, and that was the responsibility, or that was what was responsible for the odor and cloudy appearance that the sailors had reported. However, secondarily to that, there was also jet fuel in the water. So they had a two-prong, two-problem contamination issue there on the USS Abraham Lincoln, which was contamination with the drainage system. And somehow they were getting fuel. We heard about that too with Red Hill fuel in their water tanks. Our Navy likes to put jet fuel in our drinking water. They do. So you had an E. coli problem and a jet fuel problem. Maybe the jet fuel was actually supposed to kill the E. coli. So which one would be better than the other? I imagine jet fuel doesn't taste very good. I believe it was the, so there was the cloudy appearance, but then the jet fuel was caught first. I could be mistaken. There was the cloudy water. It turns out they fixed the jet fuel problem and they still have the cloudy water. It's gross. Absolutely gross. We need better for our military. Are you allowed to own a gun in England? If my memory serves, now provided it's been several years since I've looked into this, like farmer type people are allowed to have a, like a gun for protection of the animals or for keeping the animals. But... People can't just apply to have a firearm, generally speaking. That's why I thought. I looked around at World News, went to Sky News today, and it was interesting that there was a car crash in Brixton. Yeah, that sounds... Just outside of London? Yes. And there was a shootout. <laughs> oh, dear. A shootout. Huh? Was, was a it shootout. a car crash, or were they chasing someone? Uh, at first, I thought maybe one was chasing the other, but I think they ran into each other, and the one guy that had the gun got really mad, so shot the other guy. 
And unfortunately, there was a moped that was making his last Uber, I guess if they call it Uber over there, his last delivery of the day, and he was hit and killed by one of the cars. So the UK is considered to have some of the strictest firearm laws in the world, but it doesn't mean that you can't right how and i believe you can get a license from the police undergo a a rigorous process to obtain one just found it interesting random shooting but it would be for sport and wildlife management well maybe the person had it because they were managing wildlife or for pest control and then they decided to go after the person that crashed into them do you know who richard branson is i'm not sure who is that he is a billionaire who owns an airline, who owns several corporations. I think he might have sent a vehicle to space or funded it. Oh, one of the billionaire space race guys. I believe he's one of them. Well, he is also anti-death penalty. Oh. And he was talking about Singapore and his love for Singapore, yet he doesn't like their policy on the death penalty. So Singapore's leadership actually invited him to discuss their death penalty okay and why they use it and why they're so strict on drugs did it sway him no he declined to go because it was going to be a public forum so he couldn't actually hide or redact anything he was going to say because oh it it had to be public yes it's amazing what people will say until they're called out in public or like not not necessarily called out in public but like hey let's have a public discussion because if you're asking this Maybe other people will want to know too, and you have a lot of traction. So let's go ahead and everybody talk about this. Well, from what I gathered from reading a couple short articles, Singapore does not have a very big drug problem. And that's because they have the strictest or one of the strictest policies against drugs in the entire world. Wow. And there was someone recently put to death or is going to be put to death or drug trafficking. That's crazy. Yes. I, I did not know that about Singapore. Very strict. That it was uh, death penalty worthy. So oil shortages coming up, heating oil shortages in Europe coming up. And we have a group of activists that just sprayed a bunch of orange paint on several buildings of folks that support crude oil development, crude oil use, Bank of London and a few others. I wonder how they heat their homes since I believe over in England it's about 100% oil, natural gas, one or the other. Well, unless they live completely off-grid, no electricity, no, no anything. I mean, you do have to have a license to even have a TV in your house. So perhaps they live in a tent and they don't heat anything ever. And I would hope or wish that a news outlet or some of the owners of the buildings that they shot the paint on would say, okay, let's put you in the public's eye. Let's analyze where you live, how you live, what you drive. Because if you're using fossil fuels in any way. You're part you of the problem. A hypocrite and part of the problem. That's one thing I don't understand. I'll, I'll when everybody else quits using it, I'll also quit using it because we have to do that first. No, you do what you say is possible. 
Be the example. Be the leader. Lead by example. Just like uh, the Al Gore's of the world. Do you really need a house with that large of a footprint? Do you really need to use any of the fossil fuels that you use? Do you really need to jet set to tell everybody to quit using fossil fuels? Be the example. Yes. You know, I've been kind of following the Ukraine war a little bit here, a little bit there. Not too much because it's really not in the news that much except for when we decide we're going to send them another half a billion or billion in weapons. Right. We just keep um, funneling a lot of money that we don't have that way. Yeah. Well, now looking at the fact that Russia is bombarding the bejesus out of all their cities and just leveling them, all the Western allies, Western countries are now getting together and going, oh, my gosh. Now we're going to have to start shifting gears towards reconstruction. And what's this going to cost us? I don't know. You got to stop the bombing first. Or let's just go, let's just say that, in fact, Russia actually completely overtakes Ukraine. Let's just go that route. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but completely overtakes Ukraine and makes it a part of Russia. Guess what? There's nothing for us to pay for. Russia did it. They can reconstruct. Now, you the other way, Ukraine ends up coming out ahead. Maybe Russia stops. There's this true something along those lines. Maybe Vladimir Putin actually dies of cancer or whatever they say he has. And the next Russian president says, okay, we're all done. Reparations from Russia. Shouldn't that be a part of the ceasefire? Since they're the ones that caused all the damage, shouldn't we take all of the billions of dollars they've taken from the oligarchs, hand it over? I agree, should be. So I segued and I bounced from Sky News to a German news outlet. Found an interesting article talking about their pension system and how they're about to go broke, just like our pension systems here in the U.S. You mean they're not just like the magical fairies who do it all correctly that we should have been modeling after the whole time? Yes, and a guy that basically, he doesn't run a hedge fund, but he's a money guy. It's basically saying that they need to do a reorganization of their pension plan that hasn't been done since the two Germanys joined. Because what happened then is Eastern Germany did not have pension plans. Nobody provided them with a decent retirement like West Germany. So they went ahead and included all the people that were of retirement age and put them on their pension system. And it really hurt them because there's a labor shortage now. And there's also a lack of live people to contribute to the pension system. So this person's fix or his solution was... We need to extend the retirement age. We did that here in the U.S. too. We raised it a little more to get the full retirement and a little more. You still have to go to, I think, 71 Well, let is me, when you can get yes. the full, full amount of money. Or you have to start taking the distributions at the full level. So I, I had to write what he said down. And this is not paraphrasing. This is exactly what he said. And this hit home because I think this guy anti-fellow again with his own German friends or family members. Um, so anti-fellow German. Anti-fellow German, anti-worker. like if you were here, it would yes, be anti-fellow anti, American. Anti-fellow American. Okay, okay, I get you now. Okay. His name's, last name's Dulger. He suggests the retirement age should be tied to life expectancy, saying it shouldn't be the case 
that increasing life expectancy leads to longer retirements. So what he's saying, if your life expectancy goes from 78 to 80 and you're eligible to retire at, say, 60, uh, baloney, that means you're going to draw off the government dole longer. You need to work longer. So you need to work until the end of your life expectancy so that way you never actually pull from retirement? That is almost the way I read it. Was this guy just wants you to work until you drop and you don't draw anything off of the pension plan? Or if you do, I've seen memes and such on social media outlets that uh, the retirement age is 70 and the life expectancy of an American male is 72. So you basically get to retire for two years. So you pay into a pension plan for 50 years and you get to draw off some of that cash for two years. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to vote no on that. Me as well. Yeah, I think that you should be able to draw some money. I I also believe that you should be saving as a part of that plan. So this is a forced pension with Social Security. You are forced to give up your money every paycheck to the federal government who will then hang on to it for you and give you a, a check at the end of your lifespan or near retirement age. And I do understand to some degree that it should be, consi- you know, if we're living longer, then maybe we should have to have a, a little bit higher retirement age. But what happens if a doctor says maybe you're 45 years old and you come down with a disease that is going to kill you in the next three years? Are you considered then retirement eligible because your lifespan has now shortened? So, I mean, that's arguably you should be allowed to do it any which way. Okay, you're, you're expected, your life in expectancy, since you're a healthy person, even though you're 60, 70, 80 years old, you're still expected to live for another 20 years. Therefore, we're going to make you work longer. And for the person who has 15 different health concerns and can't hold down a job, oh, okay, your life expectancy is now shorter. You can retire at that age. Yes, and I believe that wholeheartedly if somebody comes up with a terminal disease that most of the money that they paid in up to that point should be given to them to enjoy the last two or three years of their life with their family members. Yep. Agreed 100%. So let's go to Hong Kong. Let's go to Hong Kong. I'll book the flights. All right. Hong Kong's economy right now is stuck in a massive recession. Okay, let's not go to Hong Kong. Okay. It shrunk another 4.5% the last eight months. Their exports are down 15.5%. Their imports are down 16%. And part of that is due to the fact that 10% of the corporations have left and will never return, according to them. And it's a system that mainland China is trying to develop for them. It's a one China with two different sets of rules because of how independent China was when they were under the tutelage of Mother England. How independent Hong Kong was? Yes. Yeah. And they're trying to reconcile and get the monies brought into mainland China and that people in Hong Kong follow rules of the motherland but are still able to generate that sort of uh, revenue, which it seems to not be working out so well. So from Hong Kong, so I found some really interesting news around the world today. It's pretty cool. So in Arab news, Saudi Arabia's economy has grown at an 8.3% rate. As GCC nations, which are the Muslim nations over there in that little sector, 
continue their momentum, Western nations are in massive decline. So I had to look up fuel prices <laughs> just because. Not because President Biden said fuel prices were $5 a gallon when he took office and now they're less? Correct. Not, not because of that. Okay, just, just to be clear. Yeah. Well, the cost of diesel fuel in Saudi Arabia appears to be about 63 cents per liter. Oh, wow. Wow, so if you times that by four, you're looking at what $2.52 Basically a what it was ish. here in America two years ago, pre, pre-Biden. No, no, no. He he told us it was five dollars a gallon, and that um, thanks to him and his policies, he's been able to get that down. Okay, well, he's such a guy. Well, here was the interesting thing because once I see one article within one location, I have to see what else is going on there, and I have to kind of look things up. So, do you know when Saudi Arabia first discovered oil? No, but I think you can tell me. I can. It's in 1938. It was discovered by an American company in commercial quantities it was the damam oil well number seven it would soon be identified as the largest source of petroleum in the world so then from that point forward as american companies teamed with some saudi companies and started drilling saudi decided that they needed to start nationalizing or figure out how to take over those companies and make that 100% theirs. So basically they started taxing like we do. And I I wrote down a different term than I'll actually use, the bejesus out of the American oil companies. One year it would be 20%. Next year it was 40%. Next year it was 60. Yes. And then by... I mean, they'll keep the oil, but get them to go away. By 1988, Armaco was officially bought out by Saudi Arabia, and it became uh, Saudi Aramco Oil Company. And what Saudi ended up doing was starting out with hundreds of thousands of acres for the American companies and then slowly decreased it down to zero. But the reason I bring that up is because we now have a Saudi leader who runs, you could call it their energy sector. They want to convert to partial green energy as well, or clean petroleum. And he made a statement that countries need to share knowledge to break energy transition problems, the Saudi energy minister says. Well, wait a minute. Does that mean that an American company or a German company or British company is going to help them break the barrier? And then they'll just take it over. And they'll turn around and just tax the crap out of them and then take it over? Sounds like it. I mean, p- based on past practice, why would you trust them in the future? And then they're their own government. So tell me when a government can't just decide to do something against a foreign company. Well, it is their land, and Americans did make billions off of it. Yes. And then I found this while I was doing all my research. Maladies or syndromes. Have you ever heard of these syndromes? Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Okay, I think I recently heard of it, but I don't know what it is. The reason I bring these up, because these three are starting, even though they're very rare, are starting to become more prevalent. So a little less rarity with some rare syndromes, you say? It's people that want to look like Alice in Wonderland, so they start having all these weird surgeries. No way. Yep, very strange. Wow. 
they they feel that they're they're ugly, they don't look right, they need to start doing things. They call it the Alice in Wonderland syndrome. How about the Walking Dead syndrome? Zombie? Is kind, that a zombie kind thing? of. There's actually people that believe they're dead. There was actually a recent case where a woman from a Central American country called for an ambulance and her family to take her to the morgue because she had died and she was starting to smell. And this is actually a real thing. Oh, wow. That's weird. Third one, foreign accent syndrome. That one I've heard of people get bopped on the head or or uh, come out of some sort of a coma or sleep and then they talk completely in a foreign accent. Yes, it's very, very... Very interesting. All are very rare, but also very interesting to me. The Walking Dead syndrome goes all the way back to 1882. Wow. It was described by Dr. Jules Collard, a Parisian neurologist. I just thought thought that was very weird, but cool. And they're making making waves, it sounds like, or we could, yeah. That's just how to think you're dead. I'm dead. Please stick me in the morgue. We got to go here, too, because we talked about it last week. And you actually took your little handy calculator and did the math. So during COVID, which we're not going to talk about COVID, but we're going to talk about two states as they relate to COVID. Okay. California with massive lockdowns. Florida with not so many lockdowns. Correct. And the amount of deaths was very close proportional wise. Yes. However, a very smart person has done the math. Not me. So let me let me say what I wrote. I'm going to speak clearly now. In a previous episode, we talked about death percentages in California and Florida. However, when you actually age adjust Florida simply because their group are a lot older Because it's a large retirement state. A really big snowbird and retirement place, yes. Yes, which therefore makes it equal or it turns the pendulum slightly the other direction. And this comes from a Stanford doctor. Yes, that is something to consider is age adjustment, absolutely. And that wasn't considered in our talk last week. No, and it wasn't considered in our governor's speech either when he talked about these numbers. No, because he has to swing it to his best light possible. Absolutely. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.